but God, verse 40, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses from whom God has already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Thank you very much. So, again, my title, A Tale of Two Visions, God Does Not Show Favoritism, is what we look at. And my first point today is um, God does not guarantee good. Being good does not guarantee salvation. Let's look at the life of uh, Cornelius. Next slide, please. We are told Cornelius is a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He was proper. He has made it. He has got to the top of his profession. That is the centurion. He and his family were devout. Eusebius, according to the Greek, pious, reverent, and God-fearing. We are told. Uh, they were godly, saintly, devoted, spiritual. That is a, what we see in Cornelius and his family. He gave generously to those in need. He prayed to God regularly. The angel answered, Your prayers and gift to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Just imagine if you are this caliber of man, devout, God-fearing, generous, full of prayer. The angels even come to you saying, your prayers come to God. Now, then the next time, the, the next thing the angel says, um, so now I declare to you that you are saved. Actually not. The angel didn't say that. He said to him, now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. And the assumption we make, which Acts 10 debunks, is um, good people get to heaven. Good people get to heaven. There is a story of, um, of um, a Sunday school teacher whose assignment was to explain to his six-year-olds what someone had to do in order to go to heaven. So um, in an attempt to discover what the kids already believed about the subject, the teacher asked a few questions and he said, if I sold my house and my car, had a big jumbo sale and gave all my money to the poor, would that get me into heaven? No, the children all answered. You won't get to heaven by doing that. If I clean the church every day, I mow the lawn, 
kept everything neat, tidy, would that take me to heaven? Again, the, the answer was no. What if I was kind to animals and gave sweets and Easter eggs to all the children and I helped the old people cross the streets? Would that get me into heaven? Again, they shouted no. So the teacher goes, so what would getting me into heaven? One of the boys in the back row stood up and shouted, you got to be dead. Now, it's not exactly what we are saying of um, Cornelius to be dead. But the next slide, God has plans for him to get to heaven. God initiates. Conversion always starts with God. He sends an angel to Cornelius. He's a good man. Then God sends Peter to proclaim the message to Cornelius. Conversions happens through God's word. In verse 22, they said a holy angel told him to ask you to come so that we could hear what you have to say. They wanted the message heard. Verse 33, when he got there, Cornelius said, we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. They were waiting for God's command. The message is about Christ. Peter spoke to them and said, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. It's about Jesus Christ. Verse 39 and 40 said they killed him by hanging on the cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him. It's about the dead, the resurrection. The dead, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. That was the message that uh, Cornelius had to hear. In fact, in Romans, if I may read, in verse 13, it's not on the slide, but um, in Romans 10, we are told as to um, the importance of the message being heard. He said, uh, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? So consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Salvation will come through God's word. It's important. We need to hear the message. Then there ought to be obedience to the gospel command. Not just hear it, but obey the gospel command. Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have heard a message. They have heard a gospel command, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. How does the good get to heaven? They need to hear God's word. They need to be obedient to the commands. So, second point. Bad does not disqualify salvation. Who is bad? From Peter's perspective, certainly, next slide please, Cornelius is in the bad category. Why? Because he's a Gentile. Peter is a Jew who obeys God's law. He does not associate with Gentiles. 
Okay. He said, the voice told him, get up, Peter, kill. And he said, surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. I do not associate myself with anything unclean, including Gentiles. The voice spoke to him second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And for three times, on three occasions, Peter had to be told. Of course, we get the insight that when Jesus was returning Peter, on three, three occasions he told him, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? And three occasions, the angel through the vision, God through the vision is telling Peter to accept what in his mind seemed to be unclean. Of course, Jesus teaches that it's not the appearance that matters, but the heart. And Peter looks at the appearance of the Gentiles and considers them unclean. However, God helps Peter to turn his mind and soften his heart from this prejudice. So while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to Simon, three men are looking for you. Do not hesitate to go to them. Verse 23, we know he crosses the threshold when Peter invited the Gentiles to be his guests. Wow. God is helping Peter's heart to turn. In Cornelius' house, he said to them, you are are well aware that it's against our law for a Jew to associate with, with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me, he said, I'm doing this because God intends of me to do this. And I think um, God continues to work on Peter's heart in the next slide. Um, he begins to speak. He said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. After Cornelius' testimony, Peter is convicted that God is working. Again, verse 44, why still speaking, God pours out the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit comes on to convince Peter and the Jews around him that actually, just as on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came on you, it has come on these people. Peter then said, what stopped me from baptizing? These people. Peter is getting convicted by what God sees. And I think in our lives, we all perhaps think we are good enough and that will take us to heaven. Or we may be prejudiced against other people. I, I know in my life for sure, as I said, I was brought up in a home that's uh, quite religious. I went to a religious boys boarding school, Presbyterian boys boarding school for many years. Strict discipline of religion. Today, Palm Sunday, I would have been walking on the street with palm branches singing Hosanna, hallelujah. And when you do that, somehow you feel, oh, I did all these things, I'm saved. No. I remember, in fact, 33 years ago, as a student, because 2nd of April, just gone, was exactly 33 years ago that I got baptized. As a student, somebody sitting with me and opening the scriptures. And there was, as soon as I read the scripture, I thought, wow, I didn't even know what the Bible taught about Christianity. I have lived a good life. I go to church every Sunday. I was in the choir. All these things. But salvation had not come to me because the word had not been preached to me. 
I had not made a decision to obey the gospel command. That was convicting. And thank God the scriptures were open to me. And um, 2nd of April 1987, exactly 33 years ago, I got baptized and my sins were washed away. It wasn't my plan to be in the full-time ministry, I can assure you, but God knows what he does with people's life. And here I am. But once we get baptized, we surrender to Christ. He will take us wherever he wishes in our lives. And it's a privilege to be able to serve him in this capacity. On the other hand, you may look at other people and judge them to be, oh, they are evil. Certainly in my case, if I saw anybody smoking, for some reason I thought, oh, he's smoking, this person is going to hell. I don't know why. I have something against smokers. But people smoking weed, getting drunk, you judge these people. And if we are so quick to judge. As Peter who judge every, any Gentile by see salvation. Go, anybody can change. It's the heart that God looks at. He calls all of us to repent. Okay. Now I'm not smoke, saying the spoken person, God will not judge them. God wants all people to repent of all our sins. And indeed, we are all called to do that. Next slide. And next slide. So, in conclusion, who is good? How do you judge a person to be good? Isaiah 64 said, all of us, all of us, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags before God. Who is good? Our goodness will not take us to heaven because we cannot cross that barrier. The only standard of good is God. Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. And we fall short of that standard. Who is bad? We are quick to judge others as bad. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. If our heart changes, it will be good for us. Just as um, in verse 34 and 35, we read, in this scripture, God does not show favoritism. God does not show favoritism. He is willing to accept all. He is willing. Next slide, please. So when it comes to salvation, it is only by grace that we will be saved. It is initiated by God's grace. It's achieved by God's power. It's offered on God's terms. It's accomplished by God's son. Secured by God's promises. It's guaranteed by God's sovereignty. In Ephesians 2, which is where I'll end. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. God has no show favoritism. Your goodness will not take you to heaven. And if you think you are bad, we can all change. God is gracious. We can repent. So as we think of the bread and the wine, we need to realize God has no show favoritism and wants all people to be saved. Whether you are good, 
continue to good thing but turn to God for salvation. If you judge others to be bad, no, let God be the judge. He wants all people to be saved. I have experienced that in my life. I thought I was good. I wasn't good. I was saved by God. There were times where I thought I'm totally evil. Actually, God saw good in me too. And if you are listening, I do pray. I do pray that you examine your life. The most important thing will be salvation. Look at what we are going through as a a world. There is tragedy. Yes, people are dying. And huge tragedy. But for me, the even more tragic issue, if, if people were die, were to die outside of Christ, that is the real tragedy. Those who die in the Lord will be seen again. They will be raised again. Jesus promised that. But I just want to examine yourself. If you were to die tomorrow, would you be with the Lord? He's here to save I now hand over to my brother, Sam Kennedy, to pray for us.